Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Robertson. I'm your Bible teacher today, and I can't wait to share today's topic with you because we're talking about something that I think most of us struggle with, and that is the topic of excuses. You know, excuses can hinder, it can uh, oppose the work that God wants to do both in our lives and through our lives. And today we are going to come to a man named Barzillai in the Old Testament. And while he was an aged man, while he was a wealthy man, and even while he was a generous man, he stopped short with excuses. And you know what, my friends, the same can be true in our life. Oh, we can love the Lord. We can, we can, you know, we we can love the things of God, even be engaged in the things of God, but stop short from fully pursuing God. How? By our excuses. We're going to break all that down today. I hope that you grow with me in God's word as we teach. If you've never downloaded my free mobile app, I want to encourage you to do that. You can get it wherever you get your favorite apps. Simply search Awakened to Grace. And when you download my app, literally hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of sermons and other resources, they're all available for free right at your fingertips, and they will help you grow. Connect with me on my website. You can go there and read my bio, read my story of how I went blind at the age of 38. And you can see how the Lord is using my blindness today. As Paul suffered and said his sufferings were advancing the gospel, I feel the same in blindness. It has has enabled me to preach more so in the grace of God. I'd love for you to hear my story. I'd love to connect with you. I want to encourage you to email me, Roberts at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to pray for you. So connect with us today. Download our podcast. Get on our website. Download our free mobile app. Oh, there's so many ways to get connected to me and Awakened to Grace. Second Samuel chapter 19. I'm excited to share with you today. I'm going to have some unusual names that we're going to cover. The context of our story is that David is returning to Jerusalem after the rebellion of his son Absalom. Perhaps you are someone that you have suffered betrayal. Perhaps you are someone that you know what a broken family feels like. Let me assure you, King David understands. A study that I would like to do at a later date is I would love to go and research the Psalms and I would love to preach through the Psalms that David wrote while he was in exile from his son Absalom. It would be a fascinating study. David understood betrayal. David understood discouragement. David understood despair like no one else. And when you read in chapters 18 and 19, 
of 2 Samuel, David tells his chief men who are over his armies, he says, please try to deal kindly with the young man Absalom. But as the story goes, Joab catches up with Absalom and he kills him. When we come to chapter 19, David is mourning over the loss of his son. Joab has a very hard conversation with the king. The king takes his advice, and now it is time to go back to Jerusalem. The purpose of chapter 19 is that the picture is that it is a returning king. And while the king is going to return, he's going to deal with some certain individuals. The picture for our lives is that right now the world is in steep rebellion against God. Is that right or wrong? I keep my ear close to the ground. I am an avid news listener, sometimes to a fault. And I have to remind myself when I catch the headlines, because how many of you, like me, the headlines disturb you more and more? The moral decay, the godlessness is at an all-time high in our country. Sometimes it is, you know, if you're like me, sometimes I think I cannot be any more shocked and then I become more shocked. But what I have to keep in mind is behind every single headline, there is a fierce spiritual war that is raging for the souls of men and women, students, and especially our children. There is a war taking place right now behind every headline. And we as Christians cannot get entangled with the headlines. We have to see what's behind it. Can we say amen to that? Amen. The picture in the text is a soon coming king. The picture in the text is that our king is going to return to this earth. Amen. Amen. And he will take his rightful place. That's what the kingdom is all about. In our verse-by-verse -verse study of Revelation, and if you've never listened to that series, I would encourage you to go back and listen to our 24-sermon series on the book of Revelation. And throughout that series, I kept emphasizing there are 1,800 scriptures in your Bible that all point to the millennial kingdom. And why? Because in Revelation 4 and 5, when John sees the throne of God and the Lamb that was slain, should be lying dead. No, the lamb that was slain is what? Standing. And what does he do? He takes the scroll. But before he takes that scroll, remember what the scriptures say. It says that John 
wept. The Greek there is he convulsed. Why did the Apostle John weep uncontrollably? Why did the Apostle John convulse the way that he did? Because no one was worthy to take the scroll. In other words, sin was going to reign. Sin was going to dominate the earth. Every rape, every molestation, every murder, every theft, every hurt was going to remain. And John watches and he unfolds it all for us. And John watches and no one is worthy to take the scroll. And then he says, then I saw one standing as a lamb as though he were slain. And Christ, who was the kinsman redeemer, who was 100% God, yet 100% man. That in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word came and dwelt among us. And now our kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ, was worthy to take this scroll. And what did it do? It establishes his earthly kingdom, the millennial reign. Friends, we have a soon coming king. And in our text today, as a picture of Christ, David is about to cross over Jordan and David is going to encounter some people. And this is what I want you to keep in the forefront of your mind all throughout our text today. Verses 16 to verse 39 is a picture of grace. And everyone that David encountered, he gave grace to. What will it be when you encounter Jesus? See, the scriptures say, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. What will it be when you encounter Jesus? The book of Titus says, it is now that the grace of God has appeared to all men. As I share this text today, as we look at some lives today, I want you to ask yourself, have I received God's grace? You know, there's a lot of chameleon Christians. You know what a chameleon Christian is? A chameleon Christian has the ability to just blend wherever they are. They're in church. Oh, they can blend. They know the songs. They know the part. They can look the part. They can do church all day long. And they can blend quite well. But you get them out in the world. You get them around sinners. You get them around sinful situations. And guess what? They just blend. Have you really received the grace of God? Let's dig into it. Beginning in verse number 16 of chapter 19. We're going to be introduced to an interesting man named... Shimei. Now, I want to introduce you to a few people today with some odd names. There's first going to be Shimei, and then I'm going to introduce you to Mephibosheth, and then I'm going to introduce you to Barzillai, and then his son, Kimham. Now, if any parents are expecting, I've given you a number of names to consider if you want to think outside the box. Matter of fact, you could put them together. I like, I like Shimei Barzillai. That's interesting. 
kid will be in third grade before it could spell its own name, right? <laughs> Shimei joined the rebellion of Absalom. And in verse number 16, he's going to approach the king before he crosses over Jordan. And we see this scene unfold in verses 16 to 23. And he throws himself on the mercy of David. He says, David, I have sinned. Your servant knows he has sinned. And I'm asking you to not take it to heart. I'm asking for mercy. One of David's counselors says, he ought to be put to death for speaking against God's anointed for his rebellion. And do you know how David responds to him? David says, no one's going to die today. I give you my oath, you are forgiven. If you're going to take notes today, I want you to know that the men I want to introduce you to, particularly Shimei, Mephibosheth, and Barzillai, they represent stages of our walk with God. And stage one, I want you to know, represents repentance. You know, it's playoffs right now in baseball, and I've been following baseball pretty close this year. Even though I'm blind and can't see it, I enjoy listening to baseball games. You listen on Sirius XM, and it's all play-by-play, and they put me right there, and I can follow along quite well. Well, you know, if you're playing baseball, and you imagine you hit it way out the left or right field, and you start rounding the bases, and they fumble for the baseball, and you're so fast that you get around the bases, and... You dramatically slide into home and you beat the throw. Imagine the umpire calling you out. You would protest. But I beat it. I made it. What would happen if that umpire said, you didn't tag first? If you don't tag first, nothing else counts. In the end, No matter how fast you are, no matter how skilled you are, no matter how talented you are, in the end, you are going to be called out. Friends, the same is true spiritually. If you don't tag first, if you don't get repentance right, nothing else matters. Nothing. In the end, the Lord will say to you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Have you got repentance right? Shimei came to David. He didn't offer excuses. He didn't lay out his case. All he said is, I know I have sinned. Friends, I want you to know today, repentance is not feeling sorry for your sins. Repentance is changing from your sins. Repentance is turning from it. Today, you can feel sorry all day long. Today, you can be caught in this cycle. The Bible calls it practicing sin. That means habitual sin. That means that sin is the pattern of your life. Sin is the lifestyle that you embrace. And that's not repentance. Repentance is when you turn from it. Repentance is when you leave it. Repentance is when you go the other direction. That is repentance. Have you got that right in your life? 
Have you came to the Lord for his mercy? Not in excuses, not in I got caught, not in I'll try to do better. No, as in I am walking away from those choices and I am walking toward Jesus Christ. Friends, that's repentance. Number two, there's a man named Mephibosheth. Now, we meet Mephibosheth much earlier in the scriptures. Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan. He was the grandson to King Saul. When David took the throne, it was customary. You had every descendant killed. Why? Because if you had any ancestry to the throne, you had a claim to the throne. Well, Jonathan had made a covenant with David that he would show kindness to his house. You remember what's interesting about Mephibosheth when he was a baby, perhaps a toddler? His nurse dropped him, and he became crippled in his feet. He was disabled. He was lame. Mephibosheth hides from King David, but King David finds him. Mephibosheth thinks he's going to be put to death, but no. You know what David does? For the sake of Jonathan, he shows him kindness. He moves him into his palace in Jerusalem. And Mephibosheth... (laughs) You try that. Try it three times. Go ahead. Go ahead. Try it. Three times. I dare you. Double dog dare you. Mephibosheth. There we go. (laughs) I have to clap it out. Mephibosheth. What does he do? David puts him at his table. You know what happens every time Mephibosheth sits at the king's table? No one can see his lameness. No one can see his disability. He's seated at the king's table. Now when the rebellion takes place, Mephibosheth does not go with David. and David doesn't understand why. Now that the rebellion is over, David confronts Mephibosheth. Verses 24 to verse 30. Why did you not go with me, Mephibosheth? Why were you not by my side? I've shown you grace. I've shown you kindness. What does Mephibosheth say? He said, in essence, he's saying, I'm from a doomed family. I'm from a family of what should be all dead men. But you, the king, showed me kindness. He explains to David what happened. His servant betrayed him. His servant deceived him. David forgives him. David says, well, I'll take you and Ziba, and I'll divide the lands between you and Ziba. And you know what Mephibosheth says? It's beautiful. Mephibosheth says, do what's right in your eyes, but I don't care about the land. He says, let Ziba have it. All I care about is that the king is back and the king is safe. That's all I care about. If Shimei represents repentance in our life, if that stage, if that context symbolizes repentance, you know what Mephibosheth symbolizes? Yieldedness. Surrender. Has there come a point in your life, precious friend, where you have said, I don't care about the things of this world. I don't care about the things that I own. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions, Jesus said. I don't care what I gain. I don't care what I lose. All I care is that I honor Jesus Christ. 
All I care is that God gets glory out of my life. Are you at a place like that? Are you at a place where you can say, you are the potter and I am the clay. Shape me, mold me after thy way. Are you in a place of surrender today? Are you in a place where you could say, take this world, but give me Jesus? I want to live a life of surrender. So you can see the progression. If Shimei represents repentance, verses 16 to 23. If Mephibosheth represents a consecrated life, a surrendered life, a yielded life, verses 24 to 30. Then I want to talk for a moment about this interesting man named Barzillai. Oh, what a great name. Boy, that's a good name. Somebody needs to pick that up, Barzillai. It's a good name. Who is Barzillai? Well, he was an old man who was kind and gracious to David when David was in exile. As a matter of fact, he fed David and his army. Two things I want you to note about Barzillai's profile is, number one, he was old. He was 80 years old. Some of you go, wait, that's how old I am. (laughs) Barzillai, he was 80 years old. And number two, what we know of the scriptures, he was wealthy. He was wealthy. Well, let's just add this. Number three, he was generous. Three things we know about Barzillai. He was old, he was wealthy, and he was generous. Now say amen if you're with me right now. I've listened to a lot of commentary on Barzillai. And I'm not throwing stones at the man because he is a very honorable man. As a matter of fact, you may want to note this, his name is mentioned ten times in the Scriptures. It's going to go on to even mention him three times after his death. Barzillai held such a place in the king's heart that even as David is dying and he's handing the kingdom over to his son Solomon, he reminds Solomon, show kindness to the house of Barzillai. So I'm not throwing stones at him today. But I want to show you how, in my view, I believe Barzillai is representative of where so many of us are living today. Many of us have repented of our sins. Thank God. Many of us have surrendered our life to the Lord. Thank God. We've been in that stage. And we've crossed to that stage. But many of us are living right where Barzillai is. Here's what we know about him. Verse number, let me get it, 33, I believe. In verse 32, David is going to tell Barzillai, You've been so kind to me. You've provided for me. Now come with me to Jerusalem, and I am going to provide for you. In other words, live at my palace. Eat at my table. What an offer from the king. Now remember, what are we talking about? David is a representative. He is symbolic of our soon coming King, Jesus Christ. David is showing grace to everyone. Christ wants to show grace to you today. But you must repent 
of your sin. You must yield your life. You must consecrate your life. You must surrender your life to Jesus to fully follow him. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcasts, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakenedtograce.com for more information about our church, or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awakened to Grace.